You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome to the show. Bill Ryder with you, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. We need any cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. Let's do this. Let's talk a little NBA action. Let's get into some hoops with Sam Quinn. I don't know if he's a Samuel or not. I don't know him well enough to call him Samuel. I don't know. We'll ask him. Sam Quinn, very, very talented NBA writer at CBS Sports, cbsports.com. You should 100% Read his work, follow him on Twitter and all the various social media spots that I abhor with my very being, even though I shouldn't. The way to do that is Sam Quinn CBS on the old Twitter machine. Mr. Quinn, are you what, what's the birth certificate, Sam? Are you Samuel? Are you Sam? Are you something else? It's Samuel, and the funny thing is I used to go by Samuel professionally because, you know, I wanted to look like an adult, you know, put Samuel out there into the world. But the problem is I would come on radio shows like this and I'd have to explain to every producer, are you Samuel or are you Sam? And I would have to like go, go through the motions of every time being like, no, no, call me Sam. So thank you for actually asking. I appreciate that. I, I, get, find... I used to get kind of uncomfortable with it where people would just call me Samuel. Only my mother calls me Samuel. Yeah, because then you're in, that's when you're in trouble. I um, The only person that calls me Billy is my mom my neighbor, and Tim Bontemps. And I don't know why Timmy's calling me Billy all the time, but he's just very, very casual. I find Samuel hard to say. Is that weird? I just find it like, because then I, I get a little, my producer's looking at me. Like, is it UL? It's, I don't know, Sam. Anyway. No, I, I completely agree. My you know? mom gave me the name because she thought I would sound presidential. I'm going to go ahead and guess at this point that there isn't really a political future for me, so I think we can stick with Sam. It is presidential, though. Sam Quinn uh, here on here on the show. Um, Sam, let me ask you this question. I actually have a vote for this thing, so it, 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 it's early. But if you were voting for the MVP and and the season were, were were coming to a conclusion, where would you go? Like, who who are the guys that would command your attention and maybe your vote if if we did a little early in in the process? This is going to sound a little lazy, but something I've been thinking for the last couple of days is the fact that there's no really obvious candidate, right? There's no standout team. There's no single player who, at least statistically, is far, far above the rest of the group that you have to vote for him. So there's a part of me that thinks, right now, I kind of want to just default to the best player and say that it's Giannis. Now, we're 27 games in, 28 games in. We're you know roughly a third of the way into the season. I think that's going to change. I think someone's going to run away with it, like, Lately, Jokic has been the guy that statistically is starting to really separate from the pack. Early in the season, it was Luka and it was Curry. But if we get to, say, March, April, and there's no one team with a record that's far above the rest of the league, nobody statistically that's above the rest of the league, I think my default answer kind of just has to be honest. Now, the free throws haven't been as good this year. He hasn't been quite as efficient. But remember, he's got the Bucks with the best record in the NBA with all the injuries they've had, you know, Chris Middleton missed a bunch of time early, Drew Holiday's missed time, you know, that team is like quietly overcome quite a bit to get to where they are. So I'm sort of at a point right now where I'd say tie goes to Giannis, but we're a third of the way into the season and there are like nine viable candidates. So by all means, to anybody out there who wants to win MVP, please impress me. I am ready to be swayed. Sam Quinn uh, here on here on the show. Sam, you've spent a lot of time writing excellently and tweeting often about the Lakers, the draft picks they will or won't trade, 
how you construct this team. Now, things are a little more complicated with Anthony Davis being injured, which to me is the least surprising thing on the face of the, literally on the face of the earth. But given the current situation, how would you, if you had the power to do so, or that you had the power to recommend to Rob Polinka that he do so, how would you approach this, this Lakers team between now and the trade deadline? Yeah, I was very much in the camp before the season, just make the Indiana trade, right? I really don't think, I think, I'm not going to say the worst thing they could do, but it seems like what they want to do is wait for a star, whether it's DeMar DeRozan or Bradley Beal or somebody of that ilk. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, guys, are you watching this team? You don't need another star. LeBron and Davis have more than made up the star, like, the star quota. You're good on that front. You need defense and you need shooting. So if there's any chance the Indiana trade is still on the table, that's the trade that I want to make. Otherwise, you know, the real important thing for me now is look at the game where Davis got hurt. It's against Denver on Friday. Well, three days before they play the Celtics, Anthony Davis plays the last 29 minutes of that game in a row with no rest. That tells me all you need to know, right? That tells me that Davis and LeBron are getting overworked when they're on the floor. I don't know if that contributed to Davis's injury. I mean, I'm inclined to think that it might have a little bit, but I'm not a doctor. I can't say for sure. So first order of business for me right now, you have these expiring contracts in Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. It's like $18 million. You can get a guy $20, 21000000 million for that. Go out, get some extra bodies so that you're not in a position where Davis and LeBron have to play 40 minutes for you to be in contention with, you know, not even the best teams in the NBA, but just on a night-to-night basis to stay afloat, right? So, look, the Indiana trade is the trade that I would make if it's still on the table. I don't know that it is right now. But the worst thing I think they can do is have this attitude, we've got to trade for a star. No, star's not what you need. You need shooting and defense. Go find that wherever it presents itself. Sam Quinn crushing it here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ratter. All right, Sam, here's one of these you-have-to-choose questions that Howard Beck hates so much. We actually have a drop for when because Howard gets so frustrated. But I'm going to ask you because I think they're funny. I think they're interesting. This one's not as crazy as the stuff I throw at Howard because it really annoys Howard. If you had to choose one of the two following teams to make it out of the West for every dollar on the face of the earth that you have, would you go with the Grizzlies or would you go with the Pelicans? I would go with the Grizzlies, but I don't feel great about it. It's, it's a 51-49 split for me right now, right? The issue I have with the Pelicans is that so many of their lineups tend to be tend to veer more in the more offensive-oriented or the more defensively-oriented where I think the Grizzlies have struck a better balance, right? I think in the playoffs we kind of see Jonas Valanciunas kind of hard to defend with him because he's just not all that mobile. Herb Jones, teams just aren't going to defend him from deep with the way that he's shooting. Whereas you look at the Grizzlies, I mean, John Morant's not a good defender. I'm not going to pretend that he is. Other than that, once they take Steven Adams out of the rotation, which they did last year and didn't really miss a beat, pretty much everybody both shoots and defends now that you know Kyle Anderson's gone. He was the shooting liability last year. The one issue that I have with the Grizzlies, they ranked 20th in half-court offense so far this season. Now, Desmond Bain has missed so much time and Jaron Jackson this time early in the season. I'm inclined to think that they're better than that. you got to be like 12th, 11th, 10th, something like that to really win the West. You know, transition offense obviously kind of grinds to a halt in the playoffs. John Morant might be the exception to that. And against the Warriors last year, before he got hurt, he clearly seemed to be. But you got to be able to score in the half court. 20th scares me a little bit, but I just look at that roster and say, I think it's a little better position for the playoffs 
the New Orleans where you have so many guys that are kind of specialists on one side or the other. But the truth is they might be the two best teams in the West. Like, you could tell me that either one of them won the West, and I'd buy it. Sam, I'm a I'm a Jalen Brunson skeptic as it relates to him having a high level of excellence. And, and I've said that several times, and I said on a video, I don't know, six months ago, and very reasonable Knicks fans have, have found that, and just, we've had a really polite uh, Twitter discourse, which has been really nice. Um, but 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 it's it's open for debate. I, I'm curious your view on Jalen Brunson and really this Knicks team. I, I think it's fool's goal, but I could certainly be wrong as they're on a, a winning streak that that has folks in New York pretty pretty excited. I don't want to go quite as far as fool's gold, but I think I generally agree with your sentiment, right? I think that Jalen Brunson. I mean, we saw this in Dallas last year. You got a couple of games where he's going all out and he's your number one guy. It worked fine for them in the playoffs. Can he sustain that for a whole season? He's been very good so far this year. But when you get to the playoffs, the size deficiency is going to be a problem. He's small. He's not super athletic. He's a guy who really relies on craft as opposed to athleticism, you know, pure shooting, things like that, and size, frankly. I mean, we see this every year. What scores late in the playoffs is big wings. So I'm a little bit with – in fact, more than a little bit, I'm mostly with you. I'll say this. The Knicks aren't really the most ambitious team in the NBA, at least in the short term, right? They're not thinking we got to win the championship this year. They're thinking if we win 46 games and the next Donovan Mitchell says, hey, that Brunson guy's pretty good. I want to play with him. You know, if somebody says, hey, he was a pretty good second banana Luca, he could be a pretty good second banana to me. That, I think, is the goal for the Knicks. And right now, I think he's meeting that criteria. As long as we don't get to a place where the Knicks got two years ago, where Julius Randle was the toast of the town, and they were thinking, sure, let's give him the four-year extension. Let's make him the face of the franchise. As long as that's not crossing anybody's mind, as long as there aren't any expectations, that that guy's going to be lifting a finals MVP trophy, I think they're okay. But I'm ultimately with you. Look, this is a 500 or so team that's going through the ebbs and flows of a 500 season, right? An average team is going to win six or seven games in a row at some point. Ultimately, I don't think it means all that much. Well, I think you've hit on, talking to Sam Quinn here on the show, I think you've hit on something that's a deeper reality for, for the Knicks, at least for me. The question, at least for me, isn't whether or not Jalen Brunson's going to be extraordinary or not. He's not going to be extraordinary. He's probably going to be fine. I think the question is, does Leon Rose know what he's doing? And can he, because we have not seen people do this in New York in a, in a generation, put together a plan on a medium or long term that is successful? Leon Rose, those of you listening don't know, former CAA basketball agent guru. Now, I think he's actually the president. The president of basketball operations. I believe he's the president of basketball operations of the Knicks. And I'll ask you this question. Do you, and it's hard to know, Sam, I know, because Leon went from a guy people like you and I called or tried to talk to to someone who now runs a team. It's a different job, and we've seen people have lots of success transitioning from being an agent to being the head of a basketball ops organization, you know, part of a team. It doesn't always work. What is your confidence level over, let's call it a three-year timeline, that the Knicks can get themselves to a truly competently competitive place in the Eastern Conference? I'm pretty skeptical, and here's why. I understand in a vacuum why they were hesitant to make the Donovan Mitchell trade. If you think that's too much straight form, I disagree, but I get where you're coming from. For so long, the Knicks were throwing picks around like they were candy. I get it. You want to be prudent. You want to make sure you have the assets to trade for two guys. There's logic there. It might not be logic I agree with, but there's logic there. 
here's the problem that I kind of run into. Sooner or later, the funder are going to look around and say, we've got 15 first-round picks. Let's trade for a star. The Rockets are going to sit around and say, we've got 15 first-round picks. Let's trade for a star. I know that we think of this as they're these tanking teams that are slowly rebuilding through the draft. That's not going to last forever, right? Look at how well Shea Gildas-Alexander is playing. You know, the Rockets guys as a team, maybe not great, but you're seeing flashes out of Jalen Green. You're seeing flashes out of Kevin Porter. Those teams aren't going to sit around forever. And if we just purely look at the asset bases from some of those teams, they have a lot more to give than the Knicks. Now, the way the NBA tends to work is some guy says, I will go to the Knicks and only to the Knicks. Trade me to the Knicks. If that's what happens, okay, then the Knicks might get their guy. But that's not what happened with Donovan Mitchell, and that's not what happened for a long, long time. If the Knicks have to get into a bidding war with somebody, I'm not convinced that they can outbid Oklahoma City or Houston or you know, maybe Utah, if Utah wants to get into it. They've got a million picks now, too. If you're playing the star game, I think it's really dangerous to pass up a sure thing. They had a chance to get Donovan Mitchell for, look, whether it's a fair price or not, it was clearly a price that the Cavs were happy to pay, and the Cavs do not regret it one bit right now. I don't know if that opportunity is going to come around for the Knicks anytime soon, right? Because the next Donovan Mitchell, you're not going to be bidding against Cleveland. You're going to be bidding against Oklahoma City. I'm with you, and I'll add this to, to the to – the, now, we don't get to vote for this, but executives do. I think Kobe Altman might be executive of the year right now. He's certainly in the conversation, and I don't mind overspending in the right situation. Uh, Sam Quinn here on the show. Sam, let me ask you one last one on the way out. Last year, that Boston Celtics team that made that impressive run of the finals was pretty average at, at the new year, and they figured it out a little bit late. A couple years before that, not the same depth in terms of playoff run, but the Atlanta Hawks fired their head coach, and after the All-Star game, really got hot and made that run, if I'm remembering right, to the Eastern Conference Finals after they beat, I guess it was Philly. Is there a team right now, underperforming or underrated, that you think is capable of having that kind of a turnaround between now and the postseason? Is it cheating to say the Warriors? I think it now is. So I was going to say, I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, think the, you can say it, but yeah, if you have another one, I'd love to hear it. It okay, might be cheating so I'll just, My quick explanation on the Warriors. Their starting lineup, for all the strife that team has gone through, their starting lineup has outscored opponents by 132 points in 278 minutes. That's 50 points better than any five-man lineup in basketball. There are a lot of problems on that team. Starting lineup ain't one of them. Now, if you want to go down a little bit, I do sort of wonder, Pat Riley ever going to get a little antsy here? Because the Heat are in this weird position where they're flex- they've been around 500 all year. They were one win from, really one shot from the finals last year. I'm a little confused as to how they didn't end up with Donovan Mitchell because they had three first-round picks to trade last year, too, and their first-round picks, I think, were a little more valuable than Cleveland's, I mean, just given the age of the roster. I think if there's going to be a surprise contender, I think it's going to be something like random player X becomes available, Pat Riley throws everything into the middle of the pot, and suddenly the Heat are there again. It might be Bradley Beal. It might be DeMar DeRozan. All these guys that we're talking about for the Lakers, I think the Heat are going to be quietly watching as well. So among the middle-class teams, and I know it's not you know super exciting to say, well, the defending champion and the team that lost the Eastern Conference Finals last year are the teams that are going to jump up. But just look at the standings this year, right? Like everybody's within four or five games of everybody else. There isn't really a middle class. 
What we're really looking for is who's going to get hot in the last 20 or 30 games and really separate themselves when the playoffs begin because nobody's done it so far. Sam Quinn, as you have heard over the last 10, 12 minutes, such a talented NBA mind, analyst, writer. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Quinn CBS. And Knicks fans, be nice. I know you have it in you. You can do it. Take a deep breath. Follow Sam on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Mr. Quinn, as always, pal, love reading your work. Love having you on the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for making some time, buddy. Bill, you are too kind. Uh, thank you, and look forward to coming back. Thank you, pal. That is Sam Quinn. Samuel Quinn, if he were to run for president. Um, young dude. I always say that he's a young dude. you got to be careful. I once uh, had this colleague at, at a previous shop where I was like, what a young guy, what a young guy, and I asked him what his age one day. I'm like, you're a young guy, and he was my age. He just looked really young. But I was like, I was like, oh, you're doing great at this point in your career. I, you know, when I was at your age, and he's like, oh, I'm your, yeah, how old are you? Oh, I'm this age. I think Sam's a young guy. What do you think? What's the guess on Sam's age? Uh, I'm going to go with Sam's even younger than me, actually. I'm going to yeah. say Sam is 30. Well, I was going to say 28. Either way, very talented NBA guy. Worth your time. His analysis is excellent at Sam Quinn CBS. Uh, buy or sell is coming up. And we've got a Batman-themed buy or sell, D-Cell is telling me. So get the bat signal out. Get ready for some sports takes. We're going we're gonna to Riddler this thing next here on, on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. We've had a, a dilemma crop up during the break. We've had a comment from D-Cell that I'm having trouble digesting. I'm having trouble processing. So we're going to get into buy or sell. I'm just going to have Bogus help me with this. I could be wrong. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Andrew, I'm just going to get into this. I need a little little help here. You I'm ready? listening. I, you could be Tom Team D Cell here. So I like trailers, okay? So I, I, I get on the old trailer website in the break, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the new Mission Impossible trailer's out, Dead Reckoning. And while I'm opening it, to my disappointment, it's 10 minutes of some stupid stunt I don't care about. It's not the actual, it's not an actual trailer. I saw the beginning of this clip this morning. Yeah, D-Cell goes, uh, she's still doing movies? Still doing, it's not believable. I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like I liked the movies, just two of them. Then he says to me, just buy yourself, I'm going to read you Tom's statement, I wrote it down. Top Gun and Mission Impossible are the exact same movie. Wait, what? That was Tom's take. Just buy or sell, Top Gun and Mission Impossible are the same film, basically. Sell. I mean, what are you talking about? You clearly haven't seen either of the movies. Tom Cruise movies that are just action-packed, that have no storyline. I saw the original Top Gun not that long ago when the the latest one came out, because I hadn't seen it prior to the new one coming out. It's fine. (laughs) It's not great like every... It's fine. Have you seen a single Mission Impossible film? Yeah, there's... How many are there? I don't know which one I've seen. Have you seen any of them? Yeah, I don't know which one I've seen, though. I don't believe Can I add some flavor to this conversation? Uh, Diesel, what is your favorite movie franchise? See, don't do this to me. Because I'm not saying necessarily that Top Gun and Mission Impossible, that those movies are bad. I'm saying that they're the same. Because you know, you know where I'm. You know the answer to the question you just asked. I do, and I think it affects your ability to compare movies. Because you did just say that Top Gun's not that good of a movie. Yeah, it, it be, be, Terrible take, dude. 
it got out of control when the new Top Gun came out, what, just this past year, where everybody is said, Top Gun's so great, Top Gun is this. Have Top you Gun seen is- the new one? You can't assess it if you haven't watched it, dude. I'm talking about the original one, back from the, what, the mid-80s. I'm talking about the original one. I have not seen the new one. Uh, to answer your question, Bogus, uh, the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. There, oh, my there we go. God. All nine of them? Uh, yeah, there's some there's some clunkers in there, but yeah, all nine of them. Okay. So, again, this is the man who said that la- the opening sentence to this question. All right. I just, I just want to make button. sure it's not me. That I'm not the one who's just freaking out. Okay. Can I just tell you one more random thing before we get into, buyers or get into the sports questions? I'm just going to do it. So there's a. You guys know there's a Barbie movie coming out. Yeah, not Zac Efron, the other super attractive. Yeah, don't say who because oh, okay. I look at it, and it says after being expelled from Barbie Land for being a less than perfect looking doll, Barbie sets off for the human world to find true happiness. And I think, oh, that's okay. They're trying to modernize and not objectify women. All right, cool. And I look up who the act. Who, who's the actress that's going to play the average looking woman? Marco Robbie. <laughs> give, me, give me a break, man. What are we doing here? Push the sell button, T Cell. Sell. Marco Robbie's gonna play the underly attract Okay. Let's just Tom you know, do your questions. You broke it. Do, you, do, you, broke do your questions. I don't understand what I said. I don't think my take was uh, was a hot take. Yeah, we don't understand what you said either. That's the problem here. All right, then let's just get to sports yeah. then. Do your questions. Video of Tampa Bay Bucks running back Gio Bernard and his exchange with reporters on Sunday went viral yesterday. Now, Bernard was involved in the botched fake punt attempt on fourth and one in the third quarter on Sunday against the Bengals. That led to a turnover on downs. Well, you were injured all year. What have you done for us to talk to you about all year? I talked to you Tuesday. Just don't, just talk. Don't say you're not talking because I didn't talk to you all year. You were also injured most of the season too. Can I, can I go to my family that I have outside? And you all can. Of a sudden now, just, just don't say we didn't talk to you. We, all year. we just wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened. You're there. involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate your time. We do. We won't hold you. We, we would have talked to you in the season, but okay, also you were injured. Just tell us what occurred on the, on the punt. Miscommunication, that's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Was it a fake? I don't know. It was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, Is this something the team has a practice It's all me. All me. That's uh, something that I did wrong, and that's all. So you were It was all on me. Yep, number 25 out there, that was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware it was, that it was just a fake? Me. Yeah, I I messed up. I understand that, but I'm just asking if you knew it was. Coming. I messed up. We just up. didn't know if it was a communication. Yeah, breakdown. I messed up. Thank you. Yep. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. To give added context to that, Bill Gio was on his way out of the locker room, bags packed, jacket on, as the reporters were coming up to him. So he was none too pleased to then have to stop to talk to reporters, as he referenced his family was waiting for him outside. Now, Gio, as he said, was on IR this season because of an ankle injury. Sunday was only his fifth game he played in this season. By ourselves, the reporters and Gio Bernard were both in the wrong for this exchange. So it's tricky. It's a lot to unpack here. Um, reporters and, 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 and athletes have a sort of uneasy, forced, symbiotic relationship. They're required to speak. Reporters are required to ask questions. promise you a lot of us hate asking these questions sometimes. Sometimes, guys, I don't know the, the exact, what happened here, but there are certainly times where athletes avoid the media 
try to wait them out, stay in the shower, right? Because you're required, and then try to sneak out with their clothes on. And you got to ask. So I just don't know what went down here. I thought the reporters were a little rude at times, but I don't think it should d- define the interaction. Just, just like there are times when athletes are rude to reporters. It's not the story. So I guess what was the question? Buy or sell? They're both in the wrong. Uh, yep, that was the question. You got it. I'm actually going to sell that anybody sell. was. Like, I would not speak to a source or an athlete that way, and I've asked some really difficult questions, and I've been yelled at. I mean, I've been screamed at. I told the Chris Paul story, but I've stayed polite and, and respectful, if, if firm and candid, right? There's a, there's a – it's not always what you say. It is how you say it. I think that there's a tendency now for people to just jump on the media, and a bunch of media people were going after uh, one of the reporters that, who, who, who was particularly rude. I just think you probably had reporters on deadline who were stressed out and a guy who was embarrassed for what he did, and, and, and it showcased everybody in a, in, a, in, a, in a light that's not very flattering. All right, let's get to a bit of breaking news here. This according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. The Jets have ruled out Mike White for Thursday night against Jacksonville. Due to his rib injury, Zach Wilson will start yet again, as he did this past week for the Jets. But let's stay with the Jets here. Their head coach, Robert Sala, was asked yesterday about his quarterback situation Going forward, as Zach Wilson, as we mentioned, started last week. The frustrating thing is that, you know, the, this kid's going to be a good quarterback. Um, the, the NFL and this, this new instant coffee world that we're in just does not want to give people time. And, uh, and so we look at him and he is just nitpicked with, the, uh, just with a fine-tooth comb, everything that he does. And, uh, and it's, it's rightfully so. I mean, it is what it is. Buy or sell that instant coffee is an extremely dated reference to make in 2022. Yeah, I'm going to buy. Do, buy. Do they still make instant coffee? Is that still a thing, Andrew? Like where you put the hot water in the ground? Just get a Keurig. Oh, you definitely can still buy Sanka. That, I, that's the only instant coffee brand I know. I'm sure there are others, but you can still definitely buy that bad boy. In and fact, I made also- a mistake. The coffee cart outside our building, which I love. But I tried to get a decaf from him one day, and he had instant decaf, and it ended up just being hot water with some coffee grinds. So, yes, it definitely still exists, and it's awful. There's a coffee cart outside your building on Hudson? In New York. You know, the, the, the corner things that have, like, coffee, and they can make, some of them can make, like, Food egg vendors. sandwiches. Yeah. Why don't you just go into a coffee? There's a, you, you because can't throw for $2, snow. I can get a regular cup of coffee, not from Starbucks or Dunkin', that's going to be more. I've been doing that wrong for years. And also, when I get here at 5 in the morning, that's my only option. There's a coffee cart. There's a there's a food cart guy out there at 5 a.m.? Mean, you, you've been to New York. Every corner of Manhattan has one of these things. If not at one every... At 5 in the morning? Yes, they're all there already. They're not often... There aren't as many as you would think at 11 p.m. when I used to go home. No, because most of them are done by lunchtime. Who else is there... Is the world busy? I mean, I'm up, but I'm I'm you know getting. Ready. Is the world busy in the city at 5 a.m. again? Uh, it's busy enough to be to be set up selling coffee. Absolutely. Wow. Instant coffee. Who knew it would lead us to this conversation? I know. All right, the Baltimore Ravens. That was a word, Salah. Buy. Sell. No, sell no, that that's one. Sell. sell that. Why do you push buying every single? Sell. Seriously, I'm trying to be friends with you guys. I'm trying. I'm trying to yeah, stay positive. Right. Mission Impossible is the same film as Alice in Wonderland. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, did, I, did, 
didn't say that. That's not what I said. All right, the Baltimore Ravens have scored a combined 29 points in their last three games. The three points they scored on Saturday against the Browns was their fewest in nearly 14 years. Yesterday, head coach John Harbaugh was asked if co- coaching staff changes were the next step. We're not getting all that. I mean, I mean, you guys can talk about all that, and I, I respect that. You know, I love the fans talking about everything they can talk about. We're together, man. We're a team. We're in here. We're spending all of our time getting ready for the Atlanta Falcons with every ounce of energy and fiber we got with a bunch of very, very good people at what they do, you know, who understand everything about our team better than anybody else possibly could. You know, we're getting ready to play the game. So all that other stuff, we don't have time for that. You know, as Coach Belichick said, we're on to, now we're on to Atlanta. We're on to Atlanta. And all the, all the you know. Buy or sell that you're concerned about Baltimore's offense even when Lamar Jackson returns. I'll sell. I mean, I think my concerns with Lamar Jackson are sell. health and postseason football. So, you know, may, may, let, let's see who they're playing in the, in the context. But can I just say what a class act John Harbaugh is and that this is how you answer a difficult question without attacking the person asking it or looking petty and small? Respect the question. Absolutely not. We got class people. We're moving on. The guy is, I just, that is how you act like an adult in a difficult situation. It's probably why they've been so good despite their crappy offense. Because he's in charge of the whole thing. I'm with you. you know, we, we always talk about the best coaches in, in the NFL. And we always focus, I always focus on, on who the hot hand is, right? And I think, you know, listen, Kyle Shanahan deserves to be in that conversation. John Harbaugh for consistency and excellence. How underappreciated is this guy? Not in the same conversation as Pete Carroll. Not in the same conversation as a lot of these guys. The guys are consistently excellent. And he won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Does that count as two? (laughs) One and a half. And even when he goes home, his brother gets more love than him. That's true. Can you imagine being Tom Crean at Christmas or whatever when they get... He's because he's married to their sister. That's right. What do you do, Tom? You know, back from the courting pro... Well, I'm a... Oh, wait. That's cute. We... The grown-ups are talking. All right, let's get to some hoops here. And the Blazers lost to the Thunder last night. Damian Lillard passed Clyde Drexler to become Portland's all-time leading scorer, and he did it in 137 fewer games. Buy or sell that Lillard will only be remembered for his individual achievements throughout his NBA career. Uh, I'll buy. I'll ask you guys a question. Buy. Buy or sell. That Lillard's career is is disappointing if he never makes an NBA Finals. I'll sell that. Sell. But he's fascinating to me because he's done basically everything right. But to me, he becomes, I don't know the right way to describe it. He's He's like the warning story of not... Like, it's yes. great that he stayed there, but he probably screwed himself by staying there. And at some point, we're always going to point out that you didn't win an NBA title or whatever you play in. He could have gone somewhere else, give him a better chance to do it. He wanted to do it in Portland, which is awesome, but it's probably not going to happen bef- before he's done. And then what do you say about him 10 years from now when you're lining up his career with somebody else? The price of loyalty. So I know for a fact that two or three years ago, before AD arrived, LeBron really wanted to play with Damian Lillard. 
Like if Damian Lillard wanted to force his way to the Lakers, I, that, that, I think that is a thing that could have and would have happened. Uh, I respect I respect it so much. I just But it's like a cautionary tale. Like, okay, yeah. we get it. Loyalty is great, but are you really gonna be okay if you don't have an NBA title? I think he is. And the thing is, like, how much crap does Barkley get and other guys? I mean, like, Dane Lillard's not even gonna make a final problem. And he also ran into the Warriors. And I think you what you just said there, Bogus, is he okay with it? I don't know and we'll never know if he personally is okay with it. But I think we're not okay with it as as, as NBA yeah, fans, right. like, we point to it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe yeah, he doesn't. I, right, but He's I, chosen I, it. But at some point, there's, like, an expiration on the loyalty defense. Like, you know, Barkley moved around and changed the conversation by shopping for one at the end and forcing way out of Philly just to begin with. So like, yep. so, like, us, like, we know how to contextualize Lillard's career right now, but soon people are just going to look at Damian Lillard and go, oh, he played yes. 14 years with the Blazers and didn't win, so he cannot be as good as... Fill in the blank of a future shooting guard. Gary Payton, who I think is an incredible dude, loved GP, shopped around and got one with, with the Heat. Shaq shot. I mean, I, the Heat, maybe not a shop around, but remember, Shaq bounced to a bunch of, didn't get one, played with LeBron, played in Phoenix. I mean, it's, right, it's, it's part of the deal. If you don't get one, that is what will be remembered. All right, let's squeeze in one last one here. The Dallas Mavericks have lost four of their last six games and dropped under 500 last night with their loss to the Timberwolves, in which both Luka Doncic and Jason Kidd were both ejected from the game. By or sell, it's only going to get uglier this season for the Dallas Mavericks after they reached the conference finals last year. So here's another... Here's I, I, I'm going to tentatively buy. This is a 50-50 for me. I don't think Jason Kidd is a very good coach, and I'm not kidding. Bye. I like that one. I genuinely liked it. I'm allowed to hit bye. Stop looking at me like that. Now, do you have to go? I don't think Jason's a very good coach, and I'm not kidding because you went. You said kid twice. I did. Is that where I think I, I messed it up a little bit? You know, it's still very good. It's still a buy, no doubt about it. Bye. I mean, this guy does. I'm not sure he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I, I don't think he's a great coach. And. They need a great coach to either get the best out of other guys or to teach Luka how to make his teammates better around him. I mean, we know the guy's capable of playing 35 minutes and put a team on his back, but he either doesn't have the supporting cast or can't make the supporting cast what he needs to. Either way, that's a coaching issue. We went pretty long today, didn't we? We went long again. Seems short by some measures. Buy, I know we're not buy or sell, but I'm going to ask anyway. Buy or sell that I should take my kids out of school if that's the only time I can take them and my parents to Avatar, the way of water. Bogish. A buy. Yeah. Buy. Yeah. Tickets already purchased. Yeah. You see the first Avatar, Bogish? I did. I can, I've seen it twice. I saw it when it was new, and my kids and I watched it in the last year or so. Hold up again? I need to watch it again before I go. Uh, Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. It's a great. How many times have you seen Avatar, uh, Diesel? Oh, uh, that would be a big fat goose egg. Do you object to compare it to Top Gun again, or is that what you object to get in there? No, the same I, film? from seeing the promos, I think it's very different than Top Gun. One, same movie. One's blue, one's gray, but they're basically the same. Film. Yeah, I mean, other than that, maybe it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or, or you know what? I'm done with it. I'm just. I'm just. Cause it hurts me. <laughs> I had enough. And I, I've had enough. Uh, if we have time, we're going to do a basket bill for the Knicks fans out there who are the most reasonable people on earth. That's coming up after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. 
You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. Bill Ryder with you. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD veterans and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Giants rookie defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau was all over the field Sunday night against the Commanders. 12 tackles, three were for a loss, one sack, and the cherry on top, which is an expression I get, a returned fumble for a touchdown in New York's win over Washington. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. Let me ask you a question, Deez. I was going to do a little basket bill to defend my honor, but I feel like five minutes may not be enough time. Do you want me to cram it in or wait till tomorrow? I mean, this is your personal defense. It's not even a defense. It's just a defense of of Twitter trolls. Um, so I want to I want to give you as much time as you think you need. To, you know to you know flex on these people. Let's do it tomorrow, and I'll try to keep you from going so late in the segment before this, because obviously that's something you really. Yeah, you really got to rein me in because I'm just I'm all over the place. Do you still get pretty stressed out? When we go later, have you gotten used to the muscle memory of it? Uh, no, I think it's muscle memory by now. You're used to it? Yeah, yeah. It's the new clock. We talk for 20 minutes sometimes in that segment. Yeah, sometimes we push 22. Yeah, it's a lot of... I mean, but with takes like Mission Impossible and uh, the Barbie movie are the same movie. Did I, I didn't that say right? that. It's not what I said. I watched the Barbie uh, teaser in the break. It looks atrocious in the extreme. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. Uh, usually when movies look atrocious in the trailer, they, they're usually atrocious. Love, love trailers. I feel bad because Knicks fans are so, um, n- you know, in need of thirsty to, to be quenched with a little bit of, you know, I don't know what they're after. We'll get it tomorrow. It's also deja vu all over again. I, I said that Jalen um, Brunson the New York Knicks, former Maverick, had the highest likelihood of, of being a bust in the free agency class last time around, which is not the same thing as guaranteeing that it's going to occur. And I still think it's true. I just, I'm still not sure about the guy being extraordinary at whatever he makes. Four years, $130 million? Is that? I believe it's four years, $104 million. $104 Makes more sense. 26 a year. And it's just I'm having crazy flashbacks to Julius Randle. Because two years ago, a colleague of mine, who who's a WFN now, compared Mr. Randall to um, Chris Bosh and wasn't really a take that I thought was, was probably accurate. And I thought that Knicks team, which was third or fourth in the Eastern Conference for a big chunk of the season, was a total farce. And I had the exact, I'm sure it's the same people on Twitter. And they ended up losing in the opening round to the Atlanta Hawks because the Knicks weren't very good. And I don't think they're very good now, even though they've won seven in a row. And by the way, I love to be wrong. All right, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it, Manana. Can I? Can I tell you something that happened last night in the Monday Night Football game? And I, I'm trying to process this. I'm annoyed by Aaron Rodgers. I'm kind of over Aaron Rodgers' comments on the other radio show that he goes on. I throwing his receivers under the bus, but I've always just been enthralled. I like watching him play. For whatever reason, I know they won last night. It was the first time that I thought maybe it's just time for the guy to, to retire. And I know he still kind of has it in him. And I think it's maybe part of a, of a bigger reality. I associate him with Tom Brady and with Russell Wilson. I just, I just do. And they are, you know, I think Russ might be washed. Brady's just old. If 
somewhat capable, but not not the same. And we've seen that. And he did not look good over the weekend against the Bengals, that Bengals defense. I'm just, I think I've accepted that Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers anymore. He's still really good. And he's probably going to keep playing because he can play at a high level. But some of that magic is, for me, is gone, Tom, watching him play. I think it's been gone. Look, I think he won the MVP last year. Won the MVP last year, and I think it started to leave for me just by his comments, which isn't fair to his play on the field. I think the guy can still play. It's interesting, though. I don't know if this season, playing the way he's played personally, you know, the team is still two games under five hundred, even with last night's win. I don't know if the magic has left for him, whether he still wants to do it. He's going to get paid a hell of a lot next season if he wants to continue to play. So that might do it for him, but I don't know if it's left if it's left for him. If you just plucked him out of Green Bay right now and you and you swapped him with Brock Purdy, is there a single team in the NFL you would choose over the Niners? No, not with that defense. Uh, right? There's not. No. I mean, if you put him in the right But if you put Tom Brady on that, I mean, you put anybody on that Niners team, they have a really good chance, but I'm not sure I'm I'm full of and if you put Russell Wilson on that Niners team, I don't think they win the Super Bowl. No, I th- I think there's a slight difference there. I think Brady and, and Wilson are both done. I don't think Rodgers is done. I don't you think, think Brady's he- done. I think Brady's done. I think Brady I can't is absolutely he's done. Or done. He's just emotionally broken this year. He also, who knows what happened in his marriage? But as best we understand, the guy his marriage is over in part because he want to keep playing football. And it's not like the football is going swimmingly. Maybe I'm reading into things that aren't there. All right, fun show today. We need a hot take. We have a what to sell segment. I gotta just use it. Mission Impossible and Top Gun are not the same film, my man. I'm, that's it. That's where I'm gonna leave it. Thanks to Sam Quinn. Thanks to Bogish. Thanks to D Cell. Thanks to the Barbie movie. I'm Bill Ryder. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.